Hello and welcome to Overdrive, a program that proudly gives you the alternative facts to all aspects of motoring and transport. I'm David Brown and in this program we have new stories including Kia becomes more prestigious with an electric vehicle, a new player in the market, BYD, Audi e-tron GT, it's all about performance, stupid, and Canberra, full of policies but not charging stations. In our feature story, we look at the three new EVs that have been shown to the market in the last week and talk to Kia and BYD executives, report on Audi's presentation of their electric GT. We hear from a suspension expert on why electric cars are different to tune and to an owner of a new electric vehicle as to how they adapt to the new world. And there are some motoring minutes. You can find more information at drivenmedia.com.au with links to social and the podcasts. Kia has launched their large electric SUV, the EV6. The vehicle with eye-catching appearance, many features and great performance is now their halo car as the brand becomes more prestigious. Two equipment levels, the Air only in two-wheel drive and the GT line in two or four-wheel drive. All models have a 77 kilowatt battery and the range varies from 484 kilometres to 528 kilometres. Red is the standard colour. Most other colours cost an additional $520, but the GT line has a Kia First, a matte finish called Moonscape with an additional cost of $3,295. All models have a locally tuned suspension to suit Australian roads and it handled the twisting roads in the ACT rural areas very well. The head-up display on the GT line with a wide layout is more than just class-leading, it's industry-leading. Prices before on-road costs range from $68,000 to $83,000. The Chinese electric vehicle manufacturer BYD has shown the first passenger vehicle it will soon sell in Australia. It is a compact to medium-sized SUV they call the Atto ATO-3. For an electric vehicle, there's reasonable power of 150 kilowatts and 310 newton metres of torque. There are two levels based on the size of the battery with the corresponding range either 320 or 420 kilometres. The publicity material quoted figures that were up to 25% higher for the range, but this used a much older, less reliable testing procedure. There is a surprising level of equipment, including an electric panoramic sunroof, 12.8-inch display with Bluetooth phone connectivity and a wireless phone charger. Safety technology includes rear cross-traffic alert and braking. But the big feature is price, with the shorter range model at $45,000 drive away and the longer range at $48,000 drive away. This is approaching parity with internal combustion engine vehicles and potentially even being cheaper to own over an eight-year ownership period. Audi has shown Australia for the first time an electric vehicle with style and supercar performance. Their e-tron GT is a four-door fastback with a wide, low, sleek, flowing design. 
With supply constraints, however, it will not be here in showrooms until September 2022 at the earliest. This is truly a performance car, with both of the two variants having all-wheel drive. The base model e-tron GT has 350 kilowatts, which you can boost to 390 for a short time, and 630 newton metres of torque. The RS e-tron GT has 440 kilowatts, boosted to 475. Now that's nearly 640 horsepower in the old measurement, and it has 830 newton metres of torque. The GT will accelerate from 0 to 100 in 4.1 seconds, while the RS takes just 3.3 seconds. The price starts at $180,700 and reaches nearly a quarter of a million dollars for the RS, plus on-road costs. The drive program for the launch of the Kia EV6 electric vehicle highlighted the inadequacy of charging stations in the ACT. While the government has done some flag-waving about buying 20 hydrogen cars and installing a hydrogen station, the organisers of the EV launch found only three locations with just 50 kilowatt electric chargers, small in number and way short of the 350 kilowatt chargers that can produce good turnaround times. Not knowing if a charging station was working or if it would be available when you got there compounded the problems. At one stage, a car had just enough power to get to a charging station, but could not risk getting back if the site was not usable. An internal combustion engine car was sent to see if everything was working before the EV could start its trip. Similarly, anxiety arose when planning to charge at the fast charger in Goulburn on the way home. Goulburn is also an unpleasant site. Previously, when a car company wanted to take some publicity pictures at the site, they had to send in cleaners to make the location look respectable. And it's not a site that gives you confidence and a sense of security, especially if it's at night. We are inexorably moving to a significant use of electric vehicles. More infrastructure is needed. And that has been the news. In the last week, there have been three reveals of new electric vehicles, and they represent three different market segments, from the low price to the luxury prestige. In this feature, we will look at some features for each, get some comments from executives of the companies involved, and then some feedback from our social media posts. You're listening to Overdrive. The Chinese company BVD announced its first passenger vehicle for the Australian market, a compact to medium-sized SUV called the Atto 3. It has a single motor and front-wheel drive. For an electric vehicle, there's reasonable horsepower, 150 kilowatts, and moderate torque of 310 newton metres. There are two levels based on the size of the battery. You should be careful about claims for the range. In the press material, they quote 400 to 480 kilometres distance on a full charge. But this is by the old NEDC rating protocol, which was developed a considerable time ago and has been strongly criticised. On the website, BYD include the figures from the later WLTP rating system, which is generally accepted as being more accurate of everyday driving. And by this system, the range is up to 20% lower at 320 kilometres to 420 kilometres. 
but that is not to say the car is unacceptable. BYD is a big company, fourth highest valuation vehicle company in the world. It employs 300,000 people. They were first involved in batteries. This helped them develop what is now called the Blade battery, which Luke Todd, the CEO of the Australian distributor EV Direct, describes. The technology that they've created is called the Blade battery technology and it uses less raw materials from the earth, so there's no nickel or cobalt, and they've created a system where they're far less susceptible to um, any fires or or degradation. So so they last longer, they'll comfortably last over a million kilometres. Degradation, degradation means um, you keep the constant range, so if they start off driving 400 kilometres on a charge today, in, in five years it'll still be doing roughly the same. Um, but the safety element is really the core. So it's, it's been independently tested by many different bodies and it, it comes out head and shoulders above on safety. And if you, if you want to do, look into that a bit yourself if you're interested, if you just Google Blaze Battery Nail Penetration Test, It's also the issue of degradation, that uh, if you look at the early Nissan Leafs, for example, uh, degradation has been very severe, and those sorts of one-liners tend to carry around, where the reality is we're adapting and developing extensively in this area. More than a million kilometres, and the degradation will be sub-5% over a million kilometres, so it's advanced significantly very quickly, and BYD is the leader in, in that battery technology. The Atto 3 has some good features. A large infotainment screen, wireless phone charger, keyless entry and start, lane departure warning, lane keeping assist, rear cross traffic alert, rear cross traffic brake, and a sunroof is standard although I'm not a fan of these. But we haven't driven one yet, so we don't know what it looks like when it's working. Its biggest selling point, though, like MG, which is now also Chinese-owned, is price. The base model BYD Atto 3 is $45,000 drive away. The longer range model is $48,000 drive away. This is pushing towards parity with internal combustion engines. They are also offering low interest rate financing. You're listening to Overdrive. Moving up the scale, we've just had a drive of Kia's brand new EV6 around the roads of Canberra and the surrounding rural districts. This is Kia's Halo car, the quintessential example of how they have moved from cheap and cheerful to a focus on quality and prestige. It is classified as a large SUV. Its style surprises many people. A typical example was when we stopped in a car park at Cotter Dam on the drive program and a lady with a few small children in tow was stunned when she was told it was a Kia. Kia's product manager, Roland Rivero, notes that the vehicle is helping in one very important measure for the Kia brand. It's definitely had a a big effect um, in terms of desirability for the brand and um, you know, we, we didn't see that coming. We didn't think that that was going to have as big an effect in terms of the desirability and rejections come down dramatically also. Rejection of what? Brand rejection. So we, we also measure brand rejection also. And Oh, this is people that say, I'll never buy a Yeah, I'll Korean. never buy a Kia. And that, that's just absolutely dropped. You know, so it's, it's, uh, it's definitely all the metrics are pointing in the right direction. And it's pointing in the right direction at the right time 
for us to bring in a car like EV6. The EV6 comes in two models and two powertrains. There's a two-wheel drive with slightly more power than, say, the BYD and similar performance, but also there's a two-electric motor four-wheel drive configuration that has 239 kilowatts and 605 newton metres of torque, a torque figure that is twice that of the BYD. Its acceleration is in the ballpark of high-performance sedans. There is an even hotter version coming out later, which will give supercar acceleration. The range from a full battery, as measured by the more accurate WTLP rating procedure, is 480 to 528 kilometres. That's very credible. It has many great features for comfort and safety, too many to mention here, and of course it's got very good build quality, backed up by a seven-year warranty. And it has been specifically tuned for Australian road conditions. Graham Gamble, an independent expert, has been setting up Kia suspensions for our unique conditions for many years. The all-new EV6 was built as an electric vehicle from the ground up, and this presented a new challenge in pursuing a good balanced handling package. Well, the global modular platform that Kia have developed for this car and others is um, is dedicated to electric vehicles. So it doesn't have a transmission tunnel down the centre of it, doesn't have a large opening in the rear for a fuel tank and all that sort of thing. So the battery is flat under the floor, gives it a very low centre of gravity, but it also gives us the E-axles where the suspension is connected to the car as separate units, and it gives the vehicle a completely different drive dynamic. So it's a heavy car, 2, 2.1 tons so same springs as a heavy suv vehicle but 30 percent or 30 or 35 percent lighter stabilizer bars than a passenger car so why is that because the weight's low because the weight's low so we don't need the lateral support from mechanical devices like stabilizer bars so the car's got a lot of vertical mass to control but not a lot of lateral mass to control it sort of manages itself because the battery is big and wide and flat under the car so it's to, to the advantage of the, the vehicle? Advantage of handling, advantage of ride, but a challenge for the engineers to get right and sort out. And this being our first modular platform vehicle, electric modular platform vehicle, it was, um, you know, we, it was a new experience for us. So a lot of our numbers in our simulation had to be changed and that started off with a bit of guesstimation and then validation on the actual vehicle and that all takes time. On the sweeping roads outside Canberra, with a 100 kilometre an hour speed limit, but corners that have advisory signs as low as 35 kilometres an hour, the EV6 felt solid and secure. It's priced from 68 dollars to $83,000 plus on-road costs. You're listening to Overdrive. The third vehicle was the Audi e-tron GT. It won't be in showrooms till September at the earliest, but Audi is keen to be showing leadership in the field. The e-tron GT is a four-door fastback with a wide, low, sleek flowing design. It will look good in the driveway of an expensive home, and while we haven't driven it yet, the power and features suggest that it will make a very elegant performance and touring vehicle. With a price tag starting at 181700 and going up to nearly a quarter of a million dollars plus on-road costs, you would be looking for something with features that you could regale your friends with. And that's not just about being electric. The Audi does not disappoint. The power figures are staggering. The base model e-tron GT has 350 kilowatts 
which you can boost to 390 for a short time, and 630 newton metres of torque. If that's not enough, there is the RSE Tron GT with 440 kilowatts, which can be boosted for a short burst to 475. Now that's nearly 640 horsepower in the old measurement, and it has 830 newton metres of torque. You do not normally see these sorts of torque figures unless it is a thumping big twin turbo diesel V8. The acceleration for 0 to 100 is 4.1 seconds and 3.3 seconds for the RS, which is high class supercar territory. It has a 93 kilowatt hour battery, which is about the same as a Jaguar I Pace. But just quoting these figures may make you sound like a cashed up rev head. There are refinements in the Audi that adds to its class. All models have four-wheel drive, air suspension, there's all-wheel steering as standard on the RS. A two-stage planary gear system that will drop into a higher ratio at higher speeds is important of things to come in using gears in electric vehicles for greater efficiency. It's certainly good for sitting in your driveway, but also for boasting about in your pursuit of, say, sporting activities that owners of this vehicle may well dabble in. If you want to attend the private golf club, there is a feature that is well worth bringing up in conversation with your golfing buddies, as Matthew Dale, Audi's national product manager, spoke about at the launch. The underbody of all of our electric vehicles is completely flat, and you can see here the e-tron GT, we've got a completely flat underbody to really aid in that aerodynamic performance. So for those golfers out there, you might notice something on the bottom of this is these little kind of concave divots, very similar to a golf ball. So the reason we have these on a golf ball when it leaves the face of the club is really directional. It, it creates that direction off the face of the club. The arrow passes over the surface of the ball and continues in that direction. That's very similar technology to what's underneath this vehicle. So the aerodynamics actually play a part with these concaves to directionally push it from the front to the rear of the vehicle and to be diffused out the rear. And that really aids in that uh, kind of what you can't see performance, but um, to, to the end goal is the efficiency of the, uh, the, the kind of coefficient on drag, I guess, P, which yeah. is uh, 0.24. Yeah, which, which is great and really low and so many things contribute to that. Sustainability may not be your number one reason for this type of vehicle, but it is still critically important for a car company's brand image. Sean Cleary, Corporate Communications Manager at Audi Australia, in opening the Audi presentation, included these words. The e-tron GT rolls up our production line at Audi's Bollinger-Hofer Audi Sport facility in Neckarzul in Germany. You might know the facility there, as it's on a shared assembly line with the legendary Audi R8. The e-tron GT's entire production process is net carbon neutral, which is important for the car, for the times we live in, and for prospective owners of this exceptional vehicle. Sustainability is an important theme for Audi Australia. Since 2021, our business operations have been powered by renewable energy sourced from the Capital Wind Farm near Canberra. Even today, the carbon emissions pr produced by this event have been offset on behalf of all of our guests. It's important to remember that people will use their cars in their own way and adapt to how they work with the operation of the vehicle. Overdrive's transport planning expert, Brian Smith, has recently bought a Hyundai Ioniq 5 all-electric vehicle. 
its early days, but I asked him about the habits he has developed in regard to regular charging. They don't need a lot of charging, David. So the car has a range of about 450 kilometres. And so far, I've only done about 350 kilometres since I've since I picked it up. We're not massive drivers, but uh, I've charged up once. So um, charging in public is, is quite a key part of, of these things. So uh, while it comes with a, a trickle charger or what they call a granny charger that you can plug into your own home and, and will charge it very, very slowly, uh, we wanted to try out um, one at a soup at a, um, shopping centre. So we went to Ikea at, at uh, Tempe. They have four charging points there. Um, and we, we found out what it's like to charge it. It's, it's quite an easy process. They just reverse into the space, hope that you know there's not a, an internal combustion engine car parked in the way. But you pull in, um, you open a little hatch, pull the plug out of the the charger unit, click it in, and uh, it begins to charge. And the information on the screen of the charging unit and inside the car tells you how long until full. And uh, in this case, we had about 70% of battery left. Didn't really need to charge it, but it was about the experience. Um, spent two and a half hours wandering around IKEA and not getting divorced, and then um, uh, came back and it was full, David. All for free. And finally, a few reflections from the past week, including some social media comments. Now, we raised the issue in regard to the BYD of making sure we use the right test procedures to estimate the range from a full battery charge. They quoted in their press material the NEDC test protocol. Wikipedia notes that this protocol offers a stylized driving speed pattern from a time in the past with low acceleration, constant speed cruises, and many idling events. However, accelerations are generally much greater now than they have been in the past, which in part is caused by the power of modern engines. The 0 to 100 km an hour average time decreased from 14 seconds in 1981 to 9 seconds in 2007, and electric vehicles pushed this even further in recent years. BYD did quote the more up-to-date WLTP, results in the brochures and it is well worth making sure we listen to those figures. The launch was rather different. It was organised by celebrity agent Max Markson. The cocktail party had a few motoring journos, quite a number of business types, Tim Cahill, the former Socceroo and now investor in BYD, some reality TV show participants and the Australian entrant in Miss World. I spoke to a friend but could not engage her in conversation, which is a shame as I wanted to ask her about world peace. While we have stated some of the technical information about the cars, it's interesting to look at the way emotions are often involved in commentating on EVs in general and these vehicles in particular. Here's some reflections we got from our posts on social media, although I note that social media is not necessarily a representation of the average or the median and can just represent the more extreme values. In regard to the BYD, there were those that said they never touch a Chinese brand based on quality. However, someone noted that Hyundai started out cheap and cheerful, but look how far they and the other Korean brand, Kia, have come. One comment said, crikey, they have lots of badges on the rear by 2002 standards, including a slogan. And one said, I'd rather walk than have that corny 
build your dreams oversized corny badge. One other comment went further. As one who is so fed up with advertising, I wouldn't buy it for the build your dream slogan alone. You haven't built my dream. You built something you think I should dream about. But there were positive reflections about the potential of the vehicle and the solidness of BYD Company and its long-term research. For the Kia EV6, I posted a photo from the launch drive program where we stopped in the park and Kia had a coffee cart there being powered by a Kia EV6 because it has a bi-directional charging system. You can charge it up, but you can also run electric items off it. The Nissan Leaf has taken this the furthest, where you can readily run your home off the car, for example when there's a blackout. A flood of social media comments express concern that the car might not get home because you have run the battery flat by using it for other things. I asked Kia about the power drain, and it turns out it's not nearly as bad as some might think. They said that the coffee cart was rated at 3.1 kilowatts per hour. The battery is 72 kilowatts, so it could last some 20 hours, but the rating of the cart, like our general use of electricity, is not all about using the maximum amount all the time. Kia said they saw it drawing 2.8 kilowatts during the warm-up and would fluctuate between zero and about 2.8 during use. They said it was really cool to watch the gauge on the dash, which of course helps you monitor your power usage. The coffee grinder used a low 200 watts, but the steamer pushed it to 2.6 kilowatts. In this case, if you are worried about using too much power, you should stick to long black coffees. And finally, the Audi. Again, the social media tends to bring out the negative. There was a disparaging remark about its potential reliability because it is part of the Volkswagen conglomerate. There was also a dislike of the tactical green colour, which is only available on the top-spec RS. Nonetheless, there were quite a few who saw it as a very elegant vehicle. You're listening to Overdrive. But to finish off on a very positive note, at the Audi launch, background music was provided by Jake Meadows, who was a harpist. I had met Jake before, and we again had a lovely chat and I asked how did he cope with the COVID lockdown. Well, he spent more time on the harbour, and in fact he loaded his harp and amplifier onto his boat, went well offshore and played in the serenity of sitting in a boat away from human activity. Apparently a number of whales came up to the boat and stayed there for quite a while. Many years ago I went in a runabout boat with an electric motor. Like the cars, its quietness was very relaxing. The relative quietness of an electric vehicle is a feature I particularly love. You're listening to Overdrive. There is no denying that the Alfa Romeo Giulia Quadrifoglio is a beautiful car. Heads turned everywhere we went. It has a low, sleek, almost cat-like appearance with the unmistakable Alfa look with that deep V grill. As a saloon, it ranks amongst the most stunning of designs. However, add to that the 2.9-litre V6 bi-turbo petrol engine, delivering 375 kilowatts and 600 newton metres, has a top speed of 307 kilometres an hour, and will race from 0 to 100 in just 3.9 seconds. Again, add rear-wheel drive and a smooth 8-speed sports automatic transmission, and you have one super sports saloon. Now here comes the real beauty. All of this comes at a price starting at around 139950 plus the usual costs. 
you'd have to add another $20,000 for the equivalent BMW M4 competition, or you can add another $62,000 for the Mercedes-Benz C-Class C63 AMG and still not match the performance of the Julia. This is a car that loves to be driven. Find a nice winding mountain road where the chassis dynamics can excel and simply enjoy the raspy exhaust note. The Alfa Romeo Giulia Quattrofoglio has it all. You're listening to Overdrive. The Mazda CX-5 is a perennial buyer favourite amongst the medium-sized SUV segment. Updated in January this year, the CX-5 is Mazda's best-selling SUV. Prices start at $32,190 through to the Acura Turbo model that we tested for $53,180 plus the usual costs. The recent updates include a new front-end design, improved comfort and dynamic performance across the lineup. The CX-5 is popular for a reason. It's incredibly comfortable inside with an upright seating position, plenty of features both inside and out that benefit the driver. Revised engine performance allows smooth and responsive performance, especially from the turbo model. It's no sports car, but no slouch either. The ride is quiet and compliant with revised suspension doing its best to tame our horrible suburban roads. The latest CX-5 adds Mazda's Intelligent Drive Select, enabling the driver to select from a choice of drive modes. It's packed with safety features as well, but some are a touch intrusive. The CX-5 combines practical space with clever features and comfort in a stylish SUV. It definitely should be on your shopping list. This is a Motoring Minute. I'm Rob Fraser. And this has been Overdrive. My thanks to Roland Rivera, Graham Gamble, Luke Todd, Matthew Dale, Brian Smith and Paul Just for the help with the program. Overdrive is syndicated across Australia on the Community Radio Network. For more information, go to drivenmedia.com.au with links to the socials and podcasts. I'm David Brown. Thanks for listening. Thank you.